Well, today we're joined with Austin Hirsch, the founder and CEO of the 2050 Company. Uh, thank you so much for being with us, Austin. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, so why don't you tell us about the 2050 Company and what it's all about? Yeah, absolutely. So I founded the 2050 Company when I was finishing up my mechanical engineering degree down at the University of San Diego. I had been working on some another startup. I was really interested in kind of the intersection of engineering and entrepreneurship. And I was working on a robotic lawnmower, kind of selling it as the Tesla of lawnmowers. And worked on that for like two years. And then I really just, my senior year, I wanted to kind of dive into the data again and look at where I could really make the biggest impact as an individual entrepreneur, kind of going out into the world. And that was when I came across this really interesting stat from Project Drawdown. Um, Project Drawdown is a nonprofit that basically, they're the leading resource for climate change solutions. So they categorize and rank different solutions to draw down carbon in the environment. And they found that the number one best way to prevent global warming by 2050 is reducing food waste. And that stat just blew me away. I'd been following like Tesla and Impossible Foods and all of those like really tech focused solutions. And I mean, it seems like a pretty simple problem that we're all familiar with is food waste. Um, it's what you scrape into the trash or those kind of ugly produce you don't even see at the store, um, all of those kind of different issues. At the same time, I had been kind of pondering this idea in my head. I'm a total life hack nerd, just kind of trying to find out different um, ways to optimize my life. Uh, and I have a smoothie every day after working out. So that process just really frustrated me that it's like seven different ingredients in different places combining them. So one edge of my one side of my brain was kind of thinking how do i make this process easier the other side was like really shocked by the stat finding out that nearly 50 percent of all produce in the us goes uneaten and they kind of collided senior year into the 2050 smoothie so that's right what i have right here it's an instant smoothie made from upcycled produce so it's really built around the concept of reducing food waste we source that imperfect or surplus produce that wouldn't otherwise have another home. Um, we freeze dry it using the same tech they use for space food. This takes out all of the water, but leaves nutrients and taste intact. So that extends the shelf life from days to years and really cuts out that waste due to perishability. So it doesn't go bad for two years. And then you can see it's a powder. So it could be ugly strawberries, beautiful strawberries are all identical. And then you just blend up a scoop of this with ice and water and it transforms into a smoothie that tastes just like that smoothie I was drinking every day already. How'd you get started? Did you just go to like Walmart or Costco and buy a freeze dryer or, you know, how to get to the point where you've now scaled up, you know, distributing, it looks like across the United States, maybe around the world? Yeah, it's you can buy it anywhere in the US right now. It's the perfect product because I mean, this is the reason NASA uses freeze dried food because it doesn't need to be refrigerated and it's super light. And when you dry it down, it's super compact. So like we can just throw this in a uh, envelope from the post office and ship it across the country, which makes it really I mean, a great makes it great for e-commerce right now, but like kind of looking down the road at extending that impact, I'd love to be able to 
get it, make it in places where this produce is in excess and then ship it across the country or even the world to where it's scarce. So, I mean, that's just kind of me nerding out on the whole freeze drying tech, which really uh, interests me. But to go back to where it started, so yeah, I was studying down at the University of San Diego um, and I just heard about this pitch camp competition on campus called the Fowler Global Social Innovation Challenge. Um, this idea, kind of the two sides of it, that impact and the freeze-dried smoothie idea collided like two weeks before the deadline was due for that. And I'm like, might as well enter that. So I put together a pitch deck. Um, the idea really just kind of came along as I was writing it. Uh, entered it into that. I ended up winning the USD round at my university. Um, and that was just really cool to see how exciting other people, how excited other people were about this product. Um, my favorite inventions are those ones that in retrospect seem really obvious that you're like, oh, like, why didn't I think of that? Um, and like, kind of as I've been thinking about space, of the last few weeks a lot of that those inventions that started in space like memory foam was like a cushion for astronauts butts to make their like, butts not get tired or something and now it just seems like common sense that that's like our mattress and pillow but that's how it started like something really specific and then was eventually brought into all of these use cases anyways i pitched it at that one first place, went on to the global round of that, the global competition, competed against all these like amazing student entrepreneurs from around the world. Um, I placed like top 10 at that and got a little more funding. Long story short, I got a few thousand dollars from that to actually get the freeze dryer and freeze dry my own produce um, like a day after that competition wrapped up. Exactly a day. So I graduated undergrad, had a week of summer break doing my pitch, did that pitch, had a day off and then started my master's like a day later. Um, and that was a master's in entrepreneurship because I had only taken econ 101 and uh, my engineering degree. And I'm like, I should probably learn some business. And so through that, that was at University of Washington up here in Seattle. Um, I just kept growing it as my thesis project the first bananas I rescued were from the Amazon banana stand in Seattle, which is really cool. I was really lucky to get like 800 of them the day before they shut down the banana stand for COVID. And they just like filled up the whole freezer at my house, like the whole freezer at a friend's house. And I worked through freeze drying them and then grinding them in a Vitamix. Um, and yeah, just did a few more competitions. Um, some more pitch competitions and just kind of kept building it incrementally, bootstrapping it kind of in that entrepreneurship university scene, which is really just now starting to kind of grow in a lot of schools, I think. It sounds like it started pretty close to the beginning of the pandemic. When did you graduate? Because you're at the <laughs> banana stand like a day before the pandemic. I applied to these two competitions at UW, the Environmental Innovation Competition and the Dempsey Startup Competition. And then like the week before we left for spring break, UW shut down. I was kind of thinking, what is this pitch competition going to be? Because usually those pitch competitions are like you pitch in front of people. And I was planning to have my 
blender there and like handing out little cups of smoothies so people could see how good it tastes. Cause like, this is a product you have to kind of taste to believe in. So I was like trying to think if it went virtual, like how am I going to do that? At the same time, I think everyone was kind of in the mindset of this is temporary. Let's just kind of like sit this out for a couple of weeks and we'll be back to normal. The whole plan to roll this out, I was always going to do a Kickstarter that summer. And I always thought e-commerce is perfect, but I wanted to start it in the Seattle area, selling it to students at the University of Washington and also to kind of small to medium-sized office buildings to put in their kitchens. And overnight, both of those markets just like disappeared as everyone went home. So that was why I was kind of like, oh, hopefully they'll come back. Like maybe I won't work on, I, I'll just like take a break for a bit. And then I think I was with that mindset. That was fine for like a week. And then I got really bored and I also started actually thinking about it. And I was like, this is dumb. There's no reason I can't be doing this. Like we're in a pandemic. All of the non-perishables are selling out on store shelves. Everyone's buying groceries online more than ever before. Everyone wants healthy foods to kind of like help boost their immune system. Um, and this was kind of the perfect product for that. Everyone was stocking up on these non-perishables and this is something that's healthy that you can make at home, have delivered to your door and last for two years. So that was when it kind of clicked that I'm like, okay, I'm just like, there's no reason to not be working on this. So I decided to launch a flash sale online on May 2nd. I built a whole website. And the reason I chose May 2nd was really kind of arbitrary. I kind of backed myself into a corner with that. It was just because 0502 is 2050 backwards. I'm like, oh, that's a good enough reason. And then it lasted for 20 hours and 50 minutes. Um, so I was like, this is a, this is really awesome. It turned out that it was a day before one of my pitch competitions. So it was kind of a rush, but yeah. So, I mean, that really blew up. I had like sold like a thousand smoothies in that one day. And I was like, Hmm, maybe I'm onto something. And that was like a really good kind of test case to prepare for what came next. With inspiration for when did you get interested in space? When did you become passionate? Was it since childhood or more recently? Yeah, I mean, I've always been really interested in space. Um, I've always, since I was a kid, wanted my dream job was to be an inventor. Um, like my whole room was like, I don't know, I called it like the inventor galaxy or something and like drew robots all over. And now I'm home in my parents' house too, which is funny. Um, I've been back here since COVID, which was unintentional, but I ended up building the whole business out of here. It's funny because I was thinking about this and like there's still those little glow in the dark stars on my ceiling in my room that I'm in now, uh, which I have just been up there for like 18 years, I guess. Um, yeah, I've always been into space. My parents are both commercial airline pilots, um, or they were, they both retired really recently. So, and my dad flew the 747 and was just like obsessed with that airplane. His dad also flew for Pan Am. So I grew up really exposed to that whole kind of aerospace scene, lots of acronyms around the dinner table, stories. Um, and 
I think <laughs> it's like the common thing to kind of like hear what your parents are doing and like look at what's even beyond that to like they're flying up at like 10,000 feet and I'm like okay but what's up higher so I did some private flying lessons during high school and I like I've just always been fascinated by space and besides just like beyond our galaxy and like what's the unknown or beyond our planet seeing what's on Mars like that's all super fascinating to me just as kind of like an explorer mindset but also kind of the opposite of looking out at what's out there just the concept of being able to look back at Earth. I've watched a bunch of documentaries about uh, like just astronauts interviewed and it's such a universal theme for them to say like, yeah, it's just crazy looking down at Earth and you realize how small it is and like there's not really any actual borders and it's fragile and like we're all on this spaceship Earth together. And I think that really resonates with the mindset of how I view sustainability. Like I'm always at that 10,000 foot level looking down at problems. I, that's why I named my company after a year, three decades in the future. Like I'm always kind of like thinking that big picture. Uh, I kind of think of it as like the grounded overview effect, um, which is just kind of like, being able to look back at earth while you're still on earth and i think just the idea of being able to actually like be up in space and like look through that little window and see down at all those ecosystems see what's happening watch the weather change that's just super fascinating to me and like it's just such an inspirational idea to think of what you do with a like what how you use that experience to inspire like what i do as a company that's dedicated to like the prosperity of the planet it's just really exciting to me oh, it's so good i mean that the overlook effect is huge i mean we hear pretty much every astronaut talk about it and i feel like there's there's some of us that kind of have it as you said the overlook of overlook view from the ground uh, but to actually get to see it from space i think it's just another just an idea that most people can't even really comprehend that moment of you know if you were on the moon, you know, it's smaller than my thumb, but we are one Earth, Spaceship Earth. Um, it's such a uniting thing. And I think that's why Inspiration4, the name kind of fits so perfectly is, you know, no matter what we're doing through a pandemic, we've seen it with Mars, with Perseverance, kind of the whole world has stopped to focus on us landing this, you know, car-sized robot on another planet, but it's so unifying. I think the pandemic has really kind of like shrunk the world down to so like, it's really obvious, I feel like, almost for the first time in history, how small the world really is. Like, the fact that you can fly... I mean, this was one of the problems, maybe. Like, it was one of the factors, maybe, to a pandemic spreading so fast, is that you can get around the world so fast. And... But that's an amazing thing. Like, and it just makes you realize how small the world is like that you can literally fly to the other side of the world in a day like that's just unimaginable that's what my like my dad flew back and forth between uh, like asia and the us uh it's just like plus i mean it's just yeah the pandemic doesn't care about borders it's spread through like everywhere and it's just something that we have to work on together. Like there's no way to, like, it's just something that's really exposed how we're all in this together. 
on this one enclosed like ecosystem like you can divide it into different parts however you like but we're still affected by the same things and i think there's a lot of correlations between kind of the pandemic and climate change which is kind of like this longer term thing that is just kind of like sneaking up slowly and we're starting to see the effects of that um but yeah i think for the first time like the average person is able to kind of get a glimpse of maybe what those astronauts have been saying trying to like convey every single time they come down from and i think that's a really positive thing and also just the fact that it's actually possible now for an average person uh like me just like an entrepreneur to experience that or the four C is just going to someone who donates like $10 to St. Jude. Like this is an entirely new era in space travel. It's just crazy. Like I always dreamed of going to space, but also like my dream career was building a socially, like a sustainable company basically. So like I didn't necessarily expect it to happen. So like, it's still just even being a part of this competition is just an amazing thing. And I kind of like pinch myself every day. I totally get that. That's the same thing with the launch pad. I mean, we started up, you know, just over a month ago and our first interviews, Jared Isaacman because of a tweet <laughs> and, you know, and now we're talking with you and all these people that, you know, there is a possibility by the end of the year, you're in space and then you're definitely going to come back here and share everything with us. We hope um, yeah. But you've started a food company. Are you a picky eater? Because you're going to be in orbit for a few days. We know food has expanded on what we can take to space, but is there something you hope to take with you as a meal or a snack? Well, I'm, I definitely hope to bring a 2050 smoothie because I want to see how that tastes up there. And it's already the perfect food to bring up. Um, yeah, I'd say I'm not a picky eater. Uh, I'm like a very functional eater. Fortunately, like... I am picky about the taste of the smoothies I make. Like that's the one thing I'm pretty picky about. So that at least transfers over, but I'm really, I'm a pretty like functional eater, like figure out kind of like what I need each day. Um, I don't know. I'm excited to try space food. That would be awesome. I mean, my goal with the 2050 company is to, really expand the whole concept of like make freeze-dried food not space food i think just spending the last two years working on this it's become apparent like how impactful this technology that started for space can be down here on earth like so many fruits go bad just because like you can't farmers don't want to spend the resources to pick them if they don't know someone's going to buy them because then they'll just go bad. But if you have someone like the 2050 company, like I hopefully, I hope to make it like be able to go to those farmers and say, if you spend the resources to pick those, I will buy them, preserve them today. And then even if strawberries are seasonal in in june and you have to import them in january we could have local strawberries in january so i mean that's just an example of how i think this could impact it on earth also i mean 
you have to think with, I mean, with Inspiration4, with the new rover, all everything's kind of pointing towards Mars, getting people to Mars, bringing it back to my favorite date. Elon Musk said he wants to have a million people on Mars by 2050. Um, what are those people going to eat? What are they going to eat on the space ride? What are they going to eat in on Mars? I mean... According to the Martian, you can make potatoes there. You can grow potatoes there, but it might take a while to get that started up. So who knows? Maybe people will be drinking our smoothies on Mars sometime in the future. Do you have any fears of going to space? Like it's it's a crazy idea. You have a family that's flown. So definitely kind of upping them being like, you can stay in atmosphere. I'm going to go out of the atmosphere. But uh, <laughs> it's kind of to a new level, strapping yourself to the top of a rocket and saying, here we go. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, there's always fears. My, yeah, my mom is a little nervous, I'd say. And the other thing is they're pilots, but they fly the plane. Like they're definitely more comfortable flying the plane and being in control of it than like, I don't know, being at the back of the plane even. So like, I think my parents would be nervous, like in an un, like, it's controlled from the ground mostly. I think that would make them nervous. I think that's a little bit a difference, a generational difference. I feel like our generation has grown up a lot more with like the advent of self-driving cars and like I trust technology, I trust SpaceX. I think it would also be one thing if <laughs> like we were the first people to ever be on this capsule like going into space like the first people to be on a manned SpaceX flight. But I mean, they sent astronauts up already. I trust those experts and their, what they've said about it. I trust the technology. I mean, I've been following SpaceX for years and just kind of like watching each launch progress a little bit more. I think the payoff is definitely worth it. Like the risk benefit there is huge and yeah, so I, I don't know. There's always that little inkling in the back of your mind. I think if I won, there would be some nervousness that's normal, but completely overshadowed by the excitement of like actually going into space. No, absolutely. I, I think you kind of nailed it. I feel like everyone's got that moment of, oh, this is happening. Uh, <laughs> oh, here we go. I mean, it's a safe rocket. We know it can cancel itself, you know, to like the millisecond after it's yeah. even degraded its engines. But uh, it's definitely something having that thrust and that force behind you, uh, which hopefully you'll get to experience. Um, you know, kind of as we wrap up, um, there's thousands, if not tens of thousands of people kind of striving for the generosity seat and thousands for the prosperity seat. Why you? Why do you think you should be picked by Jared and Shift for Shop and SpaceX to be one of those first four civilians that are, you know, really going to be that next historical marker that's known until we send people probably to Mars. Yeah, I would definitely take seriously that responsibility of being part of this historic mission. I mean, I I heard about this and I was like, I heard, first I heard about the generosity seat and I'm like, oh, I gotta enter this. Like, this, like, what, this is like my chances of ever going to space just like multiplied by a million hearing about that seat. And then, like followed up right on that was the uh, prosperity seat. And like, just as I kind of like heard more about that, it's like this shark tank competition 
and I've done these pitch competitions and just the idea of, I can't think of a more fitting startup to be paired with the first civilian space flight. Like, and even as the past few weeks have gone on, like I've become more kind of, I've kind of surprised myself by like how many kind of connections there are. This whole company, A, was built on taking this technology made for astronauts, bringing it down to earth and using it to help make everyone's lives a little easier and deliver some of that benefit that this really select group of people have been enjoying to everyone to make their lives a little better. And I think that's really kind of in line with what SpaceX is hoping to do with eventually ho opening spaceflight to more people. So that's one thing. And then I also think just the title of the seat is a prosperity seat, I think is so fitting with my company and my journey to get here. I am always like really future focused. And I was just kind of floored by some of the statistics I found about the year 2050, which seems far away, but isn't that far away. Like the UN has said that food production will need to double or about double to meet the growing population. Like we're not on track to get there. That is the inspiration I had. Um, and really the mission of this whole company is designed around that broad view and ensuring prosperity by this date. And I think Inspiration four is kind of that first step to getting people to Mars. Um, I have my like Mars shirt on right now, but I think it's really important to get those million people there by 2050. That's such an amazing goal, but there are 7 billion people on earth and will probably be more in 2050. And I'd like for people to also have the choice to stay here on earth and stay home and not only survive on earth, but prosper and, not have to deal with all of these issues and food scarcity. Although it wasn't exactly the word incorporated into the mission statement through this whole process, I really think prosperity is the word I built my company around, even if unintentionally, like really at the core of my whole vision and what I hope to achieve. Oh, it's so good. I think you and Jared have so much of the same kind of heart and passion of, you know, you know, let's go to the moon and Mars, but we need to take care of our home too. You know, we need to look at it on both ends. And I mean, as you said earlier, the number of things that have come from the space race that are now part of everyday life here, who knows what it's gonna be next. I mean, your smoothie goes up there and then we see it in every grocery store across the country, who knows? Um, yeah. you know, it's a very successful entrepreneur. He's said he's had the ball thrown him a few ways. Uh, is there a question you wanna wanna ask him now or when you're in orbit that you think, I mean, there's probably a million but <laughs> yeah, fortunately we would have some time together. I mean, that's another thing. There's so many like different aspects to that opportunity. Like it's easy to think about like all of the things about being in space, but on top of that, being in space with these three people, like being in space with such a successful entrepreneur who like built these businesses, like, I love just like talking, picking people's brains, finding new mentors, like seeing 
what pitfalls like they've fallen into like what should i avoid what should i be thinking of like the opportunity to be able to pick Jared's brain would be pretty amazing. You know, no matter what happens with inspiration for the, the 2050 companies not going anywhere, um, you know, what's next? You know, what where do you hope to see, you know, 2050 in the next year or something? And how can people be involved? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually this week I have a one of my friends from undergraduate. I finally got him to start coming on board so i'm really excited about that since i've been working on it pretty much alone um it's such a like cool new experience to be able to have someone to share that with because there's so much that's like just exclusively in my mind about this company so i mean that's the first thing is just kind of figuring that out that's a really exciting step where I mean, I am still, we have a supplier helping like dry and grind the powder, but I still fill each of these bags by hand. So hoping to figure out a new solution, find someone to, who can help pack them and really get them around. The demand has been really incredible. Um, so it's all about just kind of like getting all of those um, procedures in place to meet that demand. And then, I mean, the underlying vein through all of this is just increasing the impact. So figuring out how we can increase the sustainability of our sourcing or our packaging. I, it's fun to like think of unique solutions to all of these things that haven't really been done before. Um, and also, I mean, my ultimate vision would be to be able to not only just like sell this to you if you buy it online, but maybe be able to help provide this to people who don't have access to fresh fruits and vegetables because it has the same nutrients. So I would love to be able to, on one side of it, increase the sustainable impact. And then on the other side, build that social impact to kind of connect those areas of food scarcity and abundance. Um, yeah, I mean, my philosophy with this is really that if you want to make a sustainable impact with a business, you have to kind of meet people where they are. Um, there's a lot of things out there that are like, it's sustainable, but it's all way more expensive or it makes your life like adds these five more steps to your daily routine. And I think the beauty of some of the best, like two that come to mind are the Tesla, like people drive it. Some people drive it just because it's sustainable. A lot of people drive it because they save money on gas and it's just like a sexy sports car. Like it's a cool car. <laughs> and then the other company I really like is like Impossible Foods or Beyond Meat. Like they're not trying to make a veggie burger. They're making a burger that will be cheaper and just like that greasy burger you get at Burger King made for the people who love burgers. Like people will buy a Tesla because it's an awesome car people will buy a impossible burger because it's a delicious burger. And then kind of, it just so happens to also be sustainable because it's built around that sustainability. That's really where I hope, where I'm hoping to get the smoothie to. Like people will buy this because it takes less than a minute to make a smoothie. It's really nutritious. You don't have to take up half your fridge with frozen bananas and berries. You can get it delivered. 
And you don't really have to think about the sustainability that much as you're using it because it's just baked right into the design. And I think that, I mean, I think the food space is just really about to take off in this like whole sustainable food trajectory. I mean, we have to because we just need more food to feed people in the future. Um, and I think it's really exciting to be kind of at the beginning of that and be able to start this business just kind of from these ideas in my mind and really think about what I want it to look like. Yeah. Two years from now or 29 years from now in 2050. So good. How can people get it? Where do they go? How do they pick up 2050 company smoothies? Yeah. Well, we actually launched a shift for shop. So you can go to inspiration2050.com. And we have all three flavors available. So this is Rainier Berry, uh, Banana Strawberry, Raspberry, Blueberry. Those are the only ingredients. It doesn't need any preservatives or sweeteners. Um, Seattle Summer is like peachy banana flavor. And then the Evergreen is like your like nice power green smoothie. And it's, I usually don't like green smoothies, but I actually like really like this one. Um, so yeah, you can go to inspiration2050.com through the end of this contest, we're giving 10% of profits through that website to St. Jude. Um, and then also, I just <laughs> launched this on Twitter today. Um, I mean, I think everyone in the world should be entering for that fourth seat um, because you like it's a chance to go to space and all you're doing to get that chance to go to space is donating to help and childhood cancer. So and just, for like five bucks. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I'm sure you're spreading the word about this. I've seen in the tweets, but like everyone, if you're watching this, like donate to St. Jude, um, inspiration4.com. And I just, to a little more incentive, if you donate and take a screenshot of your like confirmation page and then tag at the 2050 co and at shift for shop will I'll DM you a $10 gift card to use on some smoothies. So donate $10 and I'll give you $10 of smoothie cash. I figured that's a pretty good incentive. That's, that's so awesome. That that's such a cool thing to do. And, you know, as, yeah, as you said, I mean, curing childhood cancer while getting civilians in space, I don't think there's a, a better idea. Uh, you know, Jared wrote the first hundred million there well on their way to that, filling that other hundred million, but we're going to hopefully smash that goal over the, coming months, I think, as we find out who those next two people are. We met Haley this morning. Uh, it's going to really start picking up as the world starts focusing on Inspiration4. Well, thank you so much, Austin, for your time. It's been a privilege having you here, and I'd love to invite you back. You know, uh, Whether you get selected or not, we'd love to hear kind of how this journey's been and uh, ho however we can support you in the future. Uh, definitely let us know. Yeah, thanks so much. This is so fun. The Arctic Ocean could be entirely free of ice in the summer by 2050. My name's Austin Hirsch, and I'm the creator of the 2050 Smoothie. For the past five years, I've made myself a smoothie every day. For the past two years, I've tried to make that process suck a little less. I started by completely deconstructing my daily smoothie. This is 100% real fruit. So is this. 
The 2050 smoothie is a faster, cleaner, equally nutritious take on the traditional fruit smoothie. So how do we do it? Using state-of-the-art drying technology, we remove all of the water from fresh fruits and veggies, leaving all nutrients and taste intact. So this equals this. Not only is the 2050 smoothie good for you, it's good for our planet too. The 2050 smoothie is specifically designed to tackle waste at every point along the produce supply chain. We buy surplus and imperfect produce directly from farms and distributors, cutting out some waste at its source. We remove all water from this rescued produce, essentially eliminating waste due to perishability. And we grind it to a fine powder so that a beautiful strawberry and an ugly strawberry become identical. I have been working for more than a year to bring the 2050 smoothie to life. And my team has already begun limited production of our first flavor. All you have to do to support our mission of creating a greener 2050 is to try one of our delicious Northwest inspired flavors. Evergreen. Rainier Berry and Seattle Summer. This is food for the future.